Good morning. It's Monday, August 30th. I'm Shemitah Basu. Duarte Geraldino is off. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. Louisiana is facing flooding, power outages, and destroyed homes. Hurricane Ida came ashore yesterday as a Category 4 storm. And as the storm moves inland, the region's expecting heavy rain, high winds, and possible tornadoes. President Biden declared a disaster and ordered federal agencies to help. The National Weather Service says the damage could leave parts of Louisiana uninhabitable for weeks or months. At least one person has died in the storm as of early Monday morning, but that number is likely to rise. Right now, blocked roads and dangerous conditions mean search and rescue teams haven't been able to travel extensively to see the impact. At times, more than a million customers in Louisiana lost power, with tens of thousands more in the dark in Mississippi. Medical facilities turned to generators— It's the latest setback for hospitals that are already overwhelmed with a surge of unvaccinated COVID patients who have filled ICU beds. Ida hit 16 years to the day after Hurricane Katrina. In the years since, the federal government has spent $14.5 billion on upgrading storm and flood defenses for New Orleans and the area nearby. This latest storm is putting all of that to the test. This is a developing story, and you can follow it through the day on the Apple News app. The U.S. says it launched a drone strike yesterday, hitting a vehicle with several suspected suicide bombers near the airport in Kabul. The strike was the second since the attack last week that killed 13 U.S. troops and more than 200 Afghan civilians. The Wall Street Journal reports a senior Afghan health official said yesterday's drone attack also killed five civilians. The U.S. military says it's investigating reports of civilian deaths. When you're married to someone in the military, you end up moving from state to state a lot. It makes it challenging to maintain a career, particularly if you work in a field that requires a professional license. Mary Beth Gahan writes about this for The Washington Post. She told us more than half of all military spouses have the kind of job where they need a license or certificate. So it can be a real pain when they move. Teachers, lawyers, nurses, real estate agents, they have to get recertified in each state. And sometimes that can take months. It can cost hundreds of dollars. And in many cases, by the time they get recertified and they take the courses and the tests and pay the fees, it's time to move again. And many just give up on their career. The vast majority of military spouses are women. Gahan spoke with several who struggled in their careers because of the constant moving around. One of them is 28-year-old Haley Grantham. So she was a prosecutor in Florida, and she moved to California. thought she would be able to continue her career. And she found out that it was really hard to get 
barred in that state, and especially in the small time frame that she had. It would take six months to do a moral character review. She would have to study for the bar. She would have to take the bar. And in that time, it would be likely time to move again. And so she tried to get ahead of it and get barred in South Carolina because she knew they were moving there next. And she found that she had to physically live in the state in order to get barred there under the military rules. There's a bill in Congress right now that would deal with this problem. It would allow licenses from one state to be valid in others if the person had to move because of military orders. Supporters say this wouldn't just help military spouses, but the military as a whole. It has a problem with retention. Making life on the move easier for the entire family could mean service members stay in their jobs longer. African countries are getting into the space race, not to send humans to Mars or get attention, but to bring low-cost, satellite-based internet access to the continent. More than 60% of the population in Africa doesn't have access to the internet. Conrad Onyango brings us this reporting, which was published in Quartz. He explains, over the past decade, many African countries have launched satellites into orbit to get broadband to their citizens— And the pandemic underscored just how urgent this is. More and more people need reliable, fast internet access, whether it's to work remotely or study online. You might be surprised to learn how much of our internet services still rely on physical cables all over the world. Getting the right internet infrastructure is especially challenging for Africa's landlocked countries, like Chad and Mali. Underwater cables are out of reach, And running wires across multiple countries is expensive and unwieldy. This is where satellite connectivity could make a big difference. That drive for better internet access has governments and private businesses in African countries partnering and increasing investment. Dozens of satellites are already up. And forecasters expect the African space industry to pass $10 billion in the next few years. We've reached a point where we've taught computers to hear well enough to understand our questions and to see well enough to drive a car. But one human sense is proving very tricky to give to robots. Smell. A digital nose could change industries from food to security to health. Bloomberg Businessweek looks at this problem that entrepreneurs and scientists are trying to solve. One reason it's been so hard to teach computers to smell is we don't know our own noses very well. Compared to vision and hearing, scientists just don't understand as much about how smell works. We can pick up billions of different scents. There are hundreds of different receptor types in our noses that feed a signal to our brain that says, that's coffee or lavender, campfire, whatever it is. Getting a machine to do that requires everything from chemistry to neuroscience to engineering. AI is speeding up the process, making it easier to build a database of smells for a device. And Bloomberg reports on several companies that are making more sophisticated digital noses. They're selling it to brewers that want to check for stale beer and airports that want to sniff out explosives. A good digital nose could change medicine. Powerful robot noses could potentially diagnose COVID, cancer, Parkinson's, and more. We're not there yet, but we're getting closer. 
and it's about time for a technological leap in smell. The closest things most of us have to robot noses in our homes are smoke detectors, and they haven't changed in years. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And while you're in the app, keep listening to hear narrated articles from our News Plus partners. We'll talk with you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.